Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, we're continuing with our biblical mindset series, and we're looking at practical ways to think and reason biblically and with a gospel mindset towards the practical areas that we face in our spiritual lives, in the church today, and in just practical living. This week, I'd like to focus on biblical meditation because meditating on the truth of God is life-changing. It's been one of the most impactful things I have ever learned in my Christian walk, and yet there are a lot of blurry ideas about what meditation and meditating on God's truth really is. Of course, the culture has some strange ideas about meditation, but it's very different than God's version of meditation and meditating on his truth day and night. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today. Before we jump in, there are a couple things that I wanted to remind you about. There's still time to register for our 2023 Set Apart Conference happening in Colorado, June 16th through 18th. And our theme this year is Valiant, Becoming a Woman of Heavenly Strength. I would love to see you in Colorado. Space is filling very quickly. So if you'd like to join us, register soon. Or if you can't make it to Colorado, you can register for a simulcast of the event, either to stream the sessions for yourself or with other women in your life. And this is a great way to share the set apart message with them. And you'll have access to the sessions for the rest of the year. So you can choose a time that works best for you. If you're interested in our 2023 conference, just click the link in this podcast description or go to setapartgirl.com. Also, if you're not yet a subscriber to the set apart magazine, this is a beautiful resource that comes out four times a year and every article is just packed with rich, encouraging truth that is meant to point you back to the word of God and point you towards Jesus Christ. And it's a great tool for your quiet times and for Bible studies and to share with other women in your life. Beautifully designed, no ads in it, just solid biblical truth and encouragement. So if you're interested in learning more about the Set Apart magazine, click the link in this podcast description or go to setapartgirl.com. So let's dive into biblical meditation. Now, we have seen probably the weird New Age version of meditation that's around us in the culture today where it's just kind of this, you sit in a weird position and close your eyes and kind of go brain dead. And that's not biblical meditation. Meditation is a discipline of our mind and our thought life. It's a decision to grasp God's reality, to mull over and ponder God's reality and his truth, and to remove every thought that is not of him, that does not agree with his reality. And it's going back to that verse that says we are to take every thought captive and we are to remove every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every thought matters. And choosing to fix our mind on his reality is actually what makes every other area of our life work. And we're going to unpack that a little bit more as we get into the Psalms in this episode. But we often as women want to know how to feel closer to God. And yet drawing closer to God doesn't usually start with feelings. It just starts with the decision of the will and of the mind to remove thoughts that are not of him and to teach our mind how to dwell on his truth and live in his reality day and night. Our emotions will align with wherever our thoughts are going to be centered around. Whatever reality we are agreeing with, that's going to directly impact our emotions. So it doesn't start with our emotions. It starts with our decision to agree with God and to take every thought captive. And as we meditate on his truth and as his truth becomes our reality, our emotions will align with his truth. And I've seen this so many times in my own life where maybe I'm depressed or I'm exhausted and I can't really see straight and I'm blurry. And I begin to meditate on the truth of God, deeply ponder, consider, dwell upon his truth 
ponder who he is, remember who he is, and really command my thoughts to remember who he is instead of all these maybe lies that I'm hearing or confusion that I'm hearing. And when I do that, my emotions change, my spirit is lifted, and the depression melts away, the confusion, the discouragement melts away. But it really oftentimes is a battle in my mind, first and foremost, to kick out wrong thoughts and agree with his correct thoughts. And that's really what biblical meditation is. It's a very active, very engaged, very purposeful activity. It's not some mystical, vague emotion or some weird emptying of our minds and just sitting in a a position and chanting something has nothing to do with that. Biblical meditation is the opposite of emptying and clearing our minds. It's about filling our minds with his truth. And if you have encountered any messages in the church that tout meditation, biblical meditation is something other than filling our minds with his truth and meditating on his ways and who he is. And it has more that kind of just float into space and empty your mind, you know, and whatever it might be. That's not actual biblical meditation. Biblical meditation is not emptying your mind. It's filling your mind with his truth. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season and its leaf will not wither and whatever he does will prosper. And that is a beautiful promise because what is the definition in that verse of biblical meditation? It's rejecting the lies and the messages of the culture, of the ungodly, of the sinners, not following that path, not sitting in their seat, but choosing to delight instead in the law of the Lord and mull over, ponder, meditate on the ways of God day and night. And the result of that is that your life will be like a fruitful tree planted by rivers of water bringing forth fruit in season. You will not wither up. You will actually flourish in the ways of God because you are meditating on his ways day and night. It is not this vague idea of meditation of kindly vaguely thinking about who God is. It's a purposeful choosing to walk away from wrong thoughts, to kick out wrong thoughts, to reject the ways of the culture and the ungodly and the sinner. And disconnecting from the mindset of the culture and instead purposely, actively thinking deeply and pondering the ways and the truth and the reality of God. The actual definition in this verse for meditation is to mull, to muse, to deeply ponder. It's not letting our mind go blank. It's not just having vague thoughts about, oh, God's a good God. It's an active decision to bring our mind and our thoughts into alignment with God's truth and actually find delight in who he is and his pattern. And when you look at meditation all throughout the Psalms, you see how biblical meditation is very active, very purposeful. It's a spiritual discipline and it requires the grace of God. It's not something that you just kind of relax into. You can be relaxed when you're meditating on the truth of God. In fact, that's one of the fruits is that your your heart, your soul, your mind, your body comes into a place of peace when you're meditating on the reality of God. But it doesn't come from just like closing your eyes and relaxing and somehow meditating, it comes from actively and purposely mulling over and deeply pondering the truth of God. Let's look at a few Psalms that illustrate this. Psalm 63, 6 says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, remembering who he is, remembering what he has done for us. And one of the things that helps me remember who he is, is to study the names of God. We have a video on ellerslie.com 
that you can watch for free, but it's basically a meditation on all the names of Christ from Genesis through the book of Revelation, all of the ways through the Bible that illustrate who Jesus is, his nature, his attribute. He's called our restorer, our resting place, our shepherd, our healer, our refiner, the list goes on and on. And it's really so amazing to remember who he is and not just kind of look at him as this you know, vague idea, oh, he's a good God, but what specifically makes him such a good and faithful God? What are all the names of God in scripture? Every single one of his names in scripture has a very specific meaning and purpose and can be applied individually to our own lives. So that is an amazing way to meditate on him is remembering who he is by studying his names. Psalm 77, six says, I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes a diligent search. I love the fact that the diligent searching is paired with meditating on truth because there are a lot of scriptures that talk about seeking after him and his ways and his truth as if searching for hidden treasure. So instead of kind of having a passive attitude toward the truth of God, to make a diligent search and say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to understand your attributes. I want to understand your promises. I want to understand your love for me, and diligently search the scriptures to find those things and then mull over them, deeply ponder them, remember them on a continual basis. That's biblical meditation. Psalm 77, 12, I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds, the things that God has done, remembering his faithfulness, remembering all the ways that he has shown himself to be faithful and true on behalf of his people, on behalf of us individually. I've known people who have had uh, like a jar in their house. And every time God fulfills a promise to them or answers a prayer or does something significant that is just showcasing his faithfulness, they'll they'll create a pile of stones because that's a concept in scripture where you make a pile of stones to commemorate or to remember what God has done. And so they'll write, you know, the date that something significant happened that God did, and they'll put it in their jar with all the rocks and it's like their pile of stones of, of remembering God. And that's an amazing way of meditating on him him and talking of his deeds. Psalm 119:15, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. Learning the attributes of God, learning the nature of God, learning the names of God, remembering what he has done in his ways is an amazing way to meditate on truth. You're not just kind of emptying your mind and vaguely thinking about him here. You are meditating upon his precepts and you're contemplating his ways. So you're specifically thinking about characteristics of God when you're meditating upon him. You're specifically thinking about his laws and his precepts and his patterns for things. Psalm 119.27 Make me understand the way of your precepts, so I shall meditate on your wonderful works. I love this aspect of biblical meditation because whenever I'm starting to feel anxious about something that I need God to do, I really need him to come through for me in a situation. When I meditate on his wonderful works, as it says in Psalm 119, 27, I look back at all the years where he has shown himself faithful to me. I recognize I have no reason to be concerned that he's going to show himself faithful to me again. And meditating on his wonderful works is a great way to build our faith in who he is. And so I encourage you, if you're concerned or worried or struggling with something, to go back and list all the times that he has been faithful to you. That is a way that you biblically meditate on his wonderful works, and it will build your faith. Psalm 119.48, my eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate 
on your word. Have you ever thought about that when you wake up in the middle of the night, you're worried about something or you just can't sleep to meditate on the word of God, to memorize scripture, to go to the word of God and to really mull it over, to deeply ponder it, to cherish it, to speak it out loud. There's something so powerful about meditating on the word of God, especially in the night watches when we're wakened by something. It's really powerful to do that. Psalm 145.5, I remember the days of old, I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. So remembering his faithfulness, remembering all he has done, both in the word of God throughout Christian history in our own lives and musing on the work of his hands. Again, amazing concept of biblical meditation. In Malachi 3.16, it says, A book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and meditate on his name. Again, that's going back to understanding the names of God because every single one of his names reveals an aspect of his nature. And it's just an incredible study and an incredible thing to meditate on. A great starting point is to watch that video, He Is, that you can get at ellersley.com for free. It's also on YouTube, and it's just a great meditation on his names. But I think that's really beautiful to see that there's a book of remembrance written before him for those who fear the Lord and meditate on his name. In Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 21, there's also a great picture of biblical meditation because God is is sharing his ways and his pattern with his people. And he's saying, you need to meditate on my ways and my precepts and my pattern day and night. He says, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. And what a great picture of biblical meditation. You are constantly having his words and his ways and his truth before you. You are thinking about those things. You are putting them all over your house. You're speaking of them to your family, to your children, to those around you. So you don't allow his ways, his words, his truth to depart from your mindset, from being in the forefront of your mind on a daily basis. We see a similar exhortation from Paul in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It's that concept of putting the ways, the truth, the reality of God constantly before our eyes, constantly in our thoughts. This is a very similar definition of meditation in this verse that we see in the Old Testament. It basically means to deeply ponder and to claim, to reason, to reckon something true and to think on it. I love the fact that reckon is part of the idea of biblical meditation. Reckoning truth is something that we teach a lot about at Ellerslie. It's an accounting term where you take it to the bank. We reckon it true. We have this much in our bank account. And when we look at the word of God and the reality of the word of God, we can reckon it true. Whether we feel that it's true, whether we think we've experienced it to be true, we can reckon it true despite our feelings, despite other people's words, despite lies from the enemy. We reckon it true whether we feel it is true or not, simply because God said it. And that is another really important aspect of biblical meditation, where we claim it 
as reality. And I love that Paul gives us so many practicals here, the things that are true and noble and just and pure and lovely. He doesn't just say, don't think about bad things. He says, fill your mind with these things because these things are of the pattern of heaven. And when we are meditating, thinking on, reckoning those things true, agreeing with God's reality, we are free from fear, from anxiety, from depression, from all of the things that want to weigh us down, from constantly being plagued by the lies of the enemy, because our minds are fixed on heavenly things, not earthly things. And that's one of the beautiful aspects of meditating on truth and how it allows our life to change, our decisions to change, and our whole entire perspective on life to change because of what we're meditating and dwelling on. I'd like to walk you through just a few practicals that have really helped me personally take the concept of biblical meditation from vague, kind of this vague idea like, yeah, I should be pondering God and thinking about his truth to really become a practical thing that I can do in everyday life where I see the result of what I'm thinking on directly impacting my life. And the first practical is to guard our input points. And what I mean by that are the things that influence us, the things that have input into our thoughts and our minds every single day. It might be social media, people's blogs that we read, movies, even conversations with other people. All of those things provide input into our minds, into our thoughts. They give us food for thought, things to chew on. And when we don't have a guard up for what we're inputting into our minds, for what we're taking in and chewing on and pondering, we're allowing inputs of all kinds to be presented to our hearts and our minds. And our inward life becomes cluttered up with a bunch of cultural ideas, human ideas, or even lies, rather than singularly focused on the truth of God. And one of the things I look at when I'm in a conversation, or if I see something online, or if I'm watching something, I always ask the question, does this line up with Paul's checklist in Philippians 4.8 of the things I should be meditating on? Does this lead me to think about things that are true and noble and just and pure and lovely and of good report and virtuous and praiseworthy? And it can be really eye-opening to realize how many of the things that we input into our minds that don't line up with that checklist. I know a number of years ago when there was a lot of political drama unfolding, Eric and I were really following like the news reports and not something we typically did, but we were thinking, well, this is really a time in history where we kind of need to know what's going on in the world, but we were beginning to realize that the things we were dwelling on were not true and noble and just and pure and lovely and of good report. It was just bad news and tension and conflict and turmoil that we were meditating on. And it was really beginning to affect our perspective, our communication, our even our relationship with God, because we were inputting things in our mind on a continual basis that did not line up with that checklist of what we should be meditating on. And so if you look at what your input points are, are there any input points that you are allowing in on a regular basis that are not lining up with that checklist? And if so, what can you replace them with? Maybe if the things you are watching and listening to and reading are not edifying or not in a line with the things God asks us to be meditating on, are there other things you can listen to and watch and read that point you toward the pattern of heaven? And I have replaced a lot of my entertainment pastimes of things that didn't actually point me in a healthy direction to replace them with things that actually do. And that might be listening to audiobooks of historical Christians or really digging deeper into the word of God or 
really entering into edifying conversation with someone, a Christian that I respect, or having beautiful, life-giving, edifying worship music on in the background rather than songs that pull me away from the pattern of heaven. Maybe if it's social media and the input points that are coming to your life through social media are causing you to meditate on the wrong things, can you replace that time that you're spending on social media with something more eternally focused? And I know different people who have chosen to say, instead of just scrolling on my phone and checking Instagram, I'm going to actually meditate on scripture. I'm going to memorize scripture and begin meditating on scripture in those moments during the day when I would have turned to social media. Again, social media is not always wrong, but it really depends on what you're engaging with on social media and where those input points are coming from and what you are really meditating and pondering when you open your social media. Maybe it's a conversation. If you are in a conversation that is pulling you away from things you know you should be meditating on, can you gently try to redirect that conversation into something more edifying, more eternally minded, more worthwhile? And this is something we've talked about in other episodes, but sometimes just asking the other person a question about them, their life, something they've done that's interesting or something they're looking forward to can kind of redirect a conversation that is not edifying into something that is just relational and doesn't pull you away from the right things. So really be guarded with your input points and look at ways that you can replace unhealthy inputs with healthy ones. Another idea is to change your sleeping and wake up habits. So when you are falling asleep at night and when you wake up in the morning, what are you meditating on? This has been life-changing for me because I found that laying in bed at night when I'm trying to fall asleep, it's very easy to meditate on problems and concerns and to-do lists and task lists and conversations I had with people earlier in the day. But I have to discipline my mind to actually meditate on truth instead, because as I'm falling asleep to really align my thoughts and my whole entire perspective with God's reality is really important. It affects how I sleep. It affects how I dream. It affects how I wake up the next day. And so getting a few key scriptures committed to memory to just say as I'm falling asleep, it really helps my mind fixate upon God's truth. And then when I first wake up in the morning, it's really easy to think about, oh, here's what I have to do today. And oh, I'm really dreading this, or I really don't feel like getting out of bed. But instead having those key scriptures, like this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And just immediately choosing to meditate on the right things as we're falling asleep and as we're waking up. Again, this is so instrumental in focusing our mind on God's reality. Instead of whatever thoughts or lies from the enemy want to come our way and begin taking up root in our thoughts and our mind. I found that reading really powerful devotionals like Daily Light, which is basically just scripture for each day of the year, before I go to bed or when I wake up also can really help with meditating on the right things at those key points in the day. Listening to truth-filled worship music throughout the day is another way to meditate on the right things. Listening to audio scripture, and that brings me to the third point, listening to audio scripture as often as you possibly can, even though I probably sound like a broken record because I brought this up so many times on this podcast, but it's just truly one of the most practical and powerful ways that helps me meditate on the ways of God and really know God. When we know his word, we know him so much more. And so having audio scripture on whenever possible is a way to constantly feed his truth into your mind. And whenever a lie or a distracting thought comes your way, choosing to aggressively meditate 
meditate on the promises of God is so critical when it comes to biblical meditation. I've had different moments or seasons in my life when a certain lie kept hitting me over and over and over again. Maybe you can relate to this where it's just, maybe it's something to do with a a family member or a concern over a family member or a relationship issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a health issue. And whenever those lies just start to bombard me where it's like, this is going to happen and this is going to be terrible. I really have to make that decision to find some promises of God that speak directly to that lie that's coming against me and discipline my mind by the grace of God to really the second that that lie comes my way, I immediately hit it back with truth over and over and over again until finally the lies fade into the background and the truth of God becomes my reality. And I've had seasons where I've had to do this like multiple times every hour where the what if will come along and I will meditate on a promise of God. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. He will never leave me or forsake me, etc. And as I just continue to say that truth over and over and over again in response to the lie that's trying to hit me, the lie is defeated by the truth even though you may have to be consistent for a while and wonder if you're ever going to get victory in that area, that biblical meditation on the promises of God in response to lies that are coming your way is absolutely amazingly powerful. And then lastly, when you are discouraged, take some time to focus your mind on truth and deeply ponder or meditate the incredible goodness of God. Really, it's counterintuitive because when we're discouraged or frustrated, we want to meditate on our discouragement. We want to meditate on our frustration. We want to meditate on what this person said or did that has caused us to feel frustrated. And yet when we take the time to ponder and meditate and mull over the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the holiness of God, the beauty of God, all of the different attributes of God instead of our own problem. And that's what we choose to meditate upon. It lifts our spirits. It's just incredibly transformative where our entire perspective can change. Discouragement and frustration can give way to just awe and reverence and worship because our eyes are off ourselves and fixed upon him. Now, this is just a very quick nutshell of what biblical meditation can do in your daily life. But I really think it about that passage in Psalm 1 so many times that when we meditate on who he is and his ways and we delight in him and we delight in his truth day and night and we're constantly mulling it over and pondering it and actively engaging with it, it impacts every area of our life. We become like that tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth fruit and season and not withering, but flourishing because of where our minds are fixed, because of what we are delighting in, because of what reality we are agreeing with. So here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. In the next episode, we're going to talk about biblical stillness. And biblical stillness and biblical meditation really go hand in hand. When it comes to biblical meditation, there are very few other practical spiritual disciplines that can have such an amazing impact upon your daily life and your walk with God. Remember that the more you discipline your mind to deeply ponder, to mull over, to think about God and his ways and his truth and his names and his character, the more your soul will naturally draw closer and closer to him. Remember, don't wait for the emotion to flood through you. Just choose to ponder who he is and let your emotions fall into alignment with agreeing with God's reality. Biblical meditation means actively engaging with God's reality and accepting it as your reality. And it is amazingly life-changing. 
I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into building a Christ-centered life, I invite you to visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.